Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. gonna do if some of these sec teams on a wednesday lose back-to-back midweek games now currently vandy is up on eastern kentucky in the bottom of the eighth they're up five to three but mississippi state only up one in the bottom of the eighth as well against austin p 10 runs on five hits just saying and oh by the way Ole Miss lost to Arkansas State today. We are in full-fledged college baseball season. By the way, Ole Miss, just throwing this out there to you, Ole Miss is 2-3 and three on the young season. How about them apples? How about them apples? God, you got to love college baseball. I don't know how you couldn't uh, because I do. Big game in the PMAC Tonight, we will discuss that. We'll give a little bit of a pregame here. We'll go on a little bit of a Rafino's rants um, because uh, Kenny Dillingham, the Arizona State head coach, I thought had some big words today about the the coaching nature, something that I've har- harped on here. Um, so we'll touch on that just, to, just briefly because I do believe that Kenny Dillingham made an amazing point when it came to uh, what he said today about, look, coaches, if you if you don't want to be here, you don't like the current state of college football, I would have done anything for a nine-year period to be a coffee boy and be a coach in college. Suck it up, buttercup is pretty much what he's saying. I, I just think that we finally needed somebody like him to come out and say something like he did because I am so tired of coaches complaining about things it's 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 insane it's insane we'll talk about lsu's best uh group or unit on um the football team why i am misremembering something i have no idea i was thinking about something then forgot it then remembered again bear with me my mind's all over the place um 
But one position group that we don't talk about enough on LSU football and something that I think will lead all spring, a position group that will lead and we will talk about all spring. We just haven't discussed it here, been meaning to talk about this all week. We'll finally get to it here today. Jay Johnson gives his series update that starts tomorrow. We will touch on what he said, what he's thinking, some of the changes that he said he will and will not make. Um, so we'll discuss Jay's press conference right after the Rafino's rants. And then obviously we talked about the pregame uh, with Kentucky. So lots and lots to get into here tonight. I am hoping and praying for what it's worth. I really hope that the fighting Matt McMahons are able to get a dub here tonight. Man, would that be big. Man, would that be big. So we'll talk about that. Oh, oh, oh. So let me tell you, this is what I was thinking about, misremembered, thinking about. I wanted to talk about the Johnny Manziel thing. He was on an episode with Shannon Sharp. Um, but I, I, I don't want to do that. And I see Rob Boudreaux, which made me think about telling y'all what I was thinking about earlier. Uh, he said, Johnny Football never says anything about LSU until uh, he said that they have a bag, man. We just have spent it all on defense back then. I don't like commenting on things when I don't listen to the entire interview. I did listen to the first 20 minutes of that interview when he talks about that. He's not wrong, though. I mean, he's not wrong, and he's admitting something that's really serious and damning for Texas A&M more than anything uh, about LSU. Hell, LSU, Ross Dellinger did that all by himself this week. <clears throat> a guy that says he loves Louisiana. I, I mean, he absolutely took a dump on LSU this week because he could have easily squashed that story with Jamie Chadwell from Liberty. He could have squashed it. He could have called Brian Kelly and said, Coach, is this true? Jamie, Jamie Chadwell saying this. We're going to run it. Can you talk to me? But he he absolutely dookied all over LSU's great name. And y'all believe Jamie Chadwell. Like, why is it everybody's first instinct to believe something that they read from a reporter? Guys, I'm telling you all, I promise you on everything that I know and love dear. All this college football mumbo jumbo that you read. Oh, this guy's making this much money. This guy got a car. Some of that is happening. I am not denying that. 1,000% unequivocally is happening. What you hear about what these kids are getting paid is not always necessarily true. Some of them are. I, like, some of them are getting super paid. Like, super, super paid. Not saying that. You can't believe every story that comes out from these Rudy Poos, man. You, you, you just can't. I want to talk about the Johnny Manziel thing, but I'm going to listen to that entire episode before I just... People do that, and they do that to, like, Joe Rogan all the time. They take five, the first 10 minutes of his clip, and they run it on social. Guys, you know Joe gets paid for that. Like, every time you clip something and you run it on another social media, Joe Rogan said this. Guys, you're taking money literally out of his pocket. Now, he just got paid $250 million, so what does he care? I, I think what guys like I'm doing, like what Mike Scarborough and them are doing over at Tiger Bait, what a lot of people are doing, uh, our buddy Brooks Austin, our buddy Chris Phillips, 
Jake Crane, Crane and Company. This is the new media, man. It's it's the new way of media. <laughs> it's the new wave. That's why a lot of you are here every night. So, yeah. All right, let's get to a couple questions. Stephen Young says, because people are trained to believe everything they read or see. <clears throat> I guess. I, I guess. Where's everybody watching from tonight, too, by the way? Moist is here. He says, damn, I'm late. Good to have you in here again, Moist. Uh, David says, let's go pimp love from the parish. Yeah, you got to love the parish. I love the parish. I, uh, David, what's that? What was that um, donut place y'all had on Judge, P, uh, uh, Judge something road, whatever that is? Golly, man. I'm telling you, the, par- the parish, St. Bernard Parish, had the best donut spot ever. Ever. Oh, my pen just broke. Wasn't well, that just lovely? <laughs> you gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. Now I don't have a pen. So now during the break, I'm gonna have to go get a pen. I love this stupid pen, too. Oh, well. It is what it is. LSU was undefeated when I had this pen, and it just broke. Maybe that's a sign for all you gamblers. Maybe you should bet Kentucky tonight. My pen just broke. We were 7 0 with that pen. Um, D Music says, Port City, by the way of New Orleans, good to have you in here. Allen says, watching from Nashville, Tennessee, good to have you in here uh, as well. John Sibley Butler, 985 via the 512. He is in Austin. He is in T-Town. Uh, Texas, you know, okay. He is in Austin, Texas. Good to have you in here, good sir. A weird place to be. If you've ever been to Austin, it's very weird, very strange. Uh, David says, Gerald's Donuts. Hell yeah, damn right. This isn't a Heidi Tidy Gashimati, but that Gerald's Donuts, man, in St. Bernard Parish. Is, I don't know if that place is still open. Good, man. Really stinking good. Really stinking good. Harry says, man, what's from the parish? Tearing it up tonight out there in Chalmation. Uh, Moist says, I'm dating myself, but I really miss McKenzie's. Never had McKenzie's. Lance said, what's up, Blake? Sorry, I'm late, big dog. Good to have you in here as well. Um, Jimmy says, Hazen, Arkansas. Go Tigers. Good to have somebody in from the state of Arkansas listening to the show. All right. Let's get rolling. Got to go get a pen, man. My freaking pen broke. We were undefeated with that stupid pen. So crazy. All right. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. I will tell you, we do on YouTube and on Facebook, but on YouTube, we are going around our SEC, going around the SEC. We're, we're starting our, our, our midday show on Monday and Wednesdays around your SEC. If you have not gone and checked out the first episode today, it was fantastic. We'll continue to do that in our new series. So go over there. Just so you know, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to, Facebook share. If you want all that, just go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Every time you hit it, uh, an LSU fan is born. All right. 
Let's get rolling. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Our good friend Tyler Alexander over at LPT Realty. Don't go anywhere. We're back next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. He will sell your house and find you a new well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. We're back. I found a pencil. I found a pencil. I don't. uh, I wanted a pen. I want my undefeated pen. Maybe it's salvageable. Maybe it is salvageable. Who knows? Who in the good wide world knows? I hope it is. Guys, I'm telling you, this pen thing, because I'm a very superstitious human being. A very, very superstitious human being. And I do not like when things like that happen. I, I, I just don't. All right. Doesn't matter. It's broke. It's shot to shit. We got lots to talk about. Everybody do us a favor by hitting that like and share. So listen, um, not LSU related, but I do think it's college football related that ultimately does when we talk about these big things. <clears throat> does affect LSU. Now, Kenny Dillingham is the head coach of Arizona State. Today, he came out with a statement and pretty much said, and I'm going to quote a little bit, but then we're going to paraphrase. He said that in regards to today's college football and coaches leaving for other jobs like Sean Elliott leaving and going to South Carolina when he was the head coach of Georgia State or like your boy in Boston College, Jeff Halfley, leaving there as a head coach, going to Green Bay, even though I do think being the D.C. for Green Bay is a better job than the head coach of Boston College. I digress, but those were a lot of the excuses that were being made. And Jeff and Jeff Halfley and Kenny Dillingham came out today and said that, look, I would have done anything possible just to be a coffee boy for the first nine years of my career. Some of y'all need to just be quiet. Is it tough? Is the job tough? Yes. But come on, let's go after it. Let's get after it. And I do think that that is so refreshing to hear. And let me tell you why. It's so refreshing to hear because mainly due to the simple nature that you have someone, a college football power five sitting head coach, coming out here and saying, listen, 
to everybody in their mama who's saying college football is hard. People don't want to be coaches here. That You do not speak for all of us. There are a lot of us out here that would do anything to be a college football head coach. You know, growing up and before life smacked me in the face, which I'm sure a lot of life smacks a lot of you in the face, pause, I grew up wanting to be a coach. It's what I wanted to do. I came from a family of coaches. Grandfather was a head coach of baseball. Uh, uncle was a head coach of baseball. Just grew up around it. Grew up around coaches' wives. Hell, my grandmother, my memo Jewel, was a was a coach's wife. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Now, life smacked me in the face. Didn't really want to do that. Glad I actually didn't do that. Actually, probably make a little bit more than some of those guys that are on recruiting staffs. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, it's worked out for me. College is, is gone in the route that it's gone into. And it's a tough job. It's a sometimes thankless job. I, I just back what Kenny Dillingham says when he goes, guys, listen, I, I, I've worked my way up the ranks to be in this position. Some of you may want to leave your post because you think NIL is, is tough and transfer portal stuff. And he would know, hell, he's at Arizona State. It's not like he's at some massive program here that is shaking down recruiting with NIL money. It's just not happening for him. And it's good that you have somebody coming out and standing on their laurels and standing on their principles that's not going to back down to all of the baseless reporting that you hear. You know, I, I think that college football during an offseason completely com becomes a, a massive soap opera. You know what? You know what's crazy? I love college football, and a lot of you know this more than anything, or just college sports in general. I like the NFL. I like pro sports not more than college. And it's, it's, it's crazy because as soon as that national championship game is played, I feel like from the national championship game, the night of when whoever, whatever team wins until the, first, the, the ball is kicked off in late August, week zero, from January to August, all college football is, all college athletics is, to some extent, is a soap opera. We are watching what our grandmas would say their stories. We are watching days of our lives with all the drama that happens every single day in college football and college athletics. Now, it keeps us entertained. It keeps us on our toes. That's why we love it. You get to represent from where you're from. A lot of you went to school there, so you have passion behind it. It's a complete, complete deal. I, I know because we're going to talk about LSU. We're going to talk about LSU in Kentucky. Can LSU upset? We've, I've built my entire life around talking about them. Trust me, I'm there with you. It's just crazy that we have a guy at Arizona State that's got to stand up and say, hey, man, hey, over here in the corner. I, I, I love being a head coach. I, I, I love college football. Yeah, it's tough. Everything we do is, in life is tough. If some of you are very successful at what you do, some of you, and I'm assuming all of you, have worked for a living. And some of you, I'm sure a lot of you, make really good livings. Guys, if you don't work for what you have, if you don't work hard, you're not going to get to a lot of the places and goals and, 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 thing, and do the things that you want to do. You know, it... it <laughs> 
maybe it's just how my mind works. But we have been in a place, and we've been in a time, and we're going to a place now with the college football playoff expansion that I, I just don't know if we can return from, to, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know how we return to normalcy, just a little less chaos. Can we just have college football and everybody, everything be fun and there not be any, you know, this much drama? I don't mind a little drama in sports. I don't mind a little trash talking. But all the bulletin board material that we grew up on as kids, remember the bulletin board material? You you don't really, I mean, you get that, right? Like you, somebody will say something or do something. Oh, remember when this guy's, you know what our bulletin board material, you know what we talk about all offseason? It's not, hey, did you hear what the Oklahoma quarterback said about LSU? He said that he's going to come down here to Tuscaloosa, or he's going to come down here to Baton Rouge, and he's going to beat us. He said he's going to go over to Tuscaloosa and beat them too. That's how we grew up watching and loving college football. It wasn't realignment. It wasn't NIL. It wasn't, you know, maybe a little bit of NIL, like in the Johnny Manziel days, which y'all were talking about. Have y'all seen that Johnny Manziel uh, uh, podcast episode? With Shannon Sharp, oh my God. It is really entertaining. It's really highly entertaining about his dad meeting with Kevin Sumlin. Anyway, I wouldn't mind actually talking about that. I think it would be <laughs> it'd be funny. You know what? Screw it. No, 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 no. Because I want y'all to, to see it first before I just start spatting off some craziness. Guys, you're just seeing how the sausage is being made. And I'm glad we have a coach that sends up and says, hey, guys, this has been going on. This is just everybody seeing how muck, how mucky and yucky this sport really is behind the scenes. It's chaotic, man. It's going to continue to be chaotic. The sport that I love, they are killing it. They are killing it. Okay. So good for Kenny Dillingham. Good for Kenny Dillingham. You know, I I, I kept checking, by the way, these SEC scores. Mississippi State is on the brink of losing to Austin P in back-to-back games in a midweek. Fandy was able to pull it out. Good for them. Yes, indeed. One thing I wanted to talk about here today, we have been pushing this segment back because we have so much time to talk about this. I did want to take some time before we we do a little bit of the pregame too for LSU and Kentucky here tonight, 8 p.m. Let's go get them. Let the fighting Matt McMahons. Um, one position group that we are not talking enough about when it comes to LSU is this offensive line. Now, we've mentioned them. We, we talked about them a couple weeks ago when Brad Davis had a really big commitment in recruiting, uh, especially coming from the north part of Louisiana and Devin Harper. I think going into spring, once we get out there and spring camp starts and spring football starts, I really do believe that we are going to have the conversation all throughout spring – and into the summer until game one against USC, that the biggest position group on this team right now, the best position group on this team right now 
is your offensive line. Now, it does fall in line with who we thought Brian Kelly would be, right? Meaning, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame was known for, the number one thing he was known for was having really good offensive line play, really good tight ends. Comes to LSU, completely 1,000% happens with him when he comes here after he leaves Notre Dame. Not that surprising and shocking. My argument had always been, well, if Brian Kelly got the athletes like he could at LSU, his offense would go crazy. We saw that that this year, obviously, with Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. You know the gist. You know what I'm talking about here. Hell, you just watched it. But now turning the page into 2024, I have a sneaky suspicion, which I'm sure that all of you know this, and it's something that you talk about when you're sitting around the water cooler talking to your buddy about what you think 2024 is going to be like. I just don't know if we've talked about how good they potentially could be. Now, it's interesting because I think that this offensive line was better in 2023 than they were in 2022. And mainly due to the fact you have two true freshmen that were coming into their sophomore years in Will Campbell and Emory Jones. And you start you had a, a second year guy returning to another year starter in Miles Frazier, who, guys, by the way, has started a lot of games at LSU. The same amount as Will Campbell, the same amount is Emory Jones. And Garrett Dellinger, man, he's been here a long time too. You got a lot of talent along this offensive line, and you have a lot of experience. Now, the one place that you don't have experience, okay, is at center. You're probably going to push up a highly recruited guy in DJ Chester who was a top uh, top 100 dude, and you've already seen him play a little bit before. Charles Turner got hurt. In the Missouri game, D.J. Chester came in for Marlon Martinez. It was actually why Marlon Martinez left and went to Mississippi State because he got beat out by D.J. Chester. This offensive line, I think I can make the argument at LSU, this offensive line at LSU, I think I can make the argument could potentially be the best overall unit in the entire SEC regardless of what the unit is. What do I mean? I think LSU's offensive line has the potential to be the best unit of any unit, whether wide receiver, safety, corner, anywhere in the anywhere in the conference. Now, you got a really good offensive line at Texas, but I think that yours is better. I think you got a really good secondary and D-line at Georgia. I do think that your offensive line is better than the than those units that they have. I just look at where LSU has come from in the last two seasons and how much even more they have progressed along the O-line from 22 to 23 to from 22 to 23 and now going into 2024 here. Man, the sky is the limit for this unit. Kind of uh, and a little bit. I don't want to say sky is the limit for this offense and and Garrett Nussmeyer and this running game. But, man, when you're able to win up front in this league and you're able to win up front by pushing dudes around, ask Michigan how that works. See what Michigan did. Now, you want to know why Michigan, the last two years before this year, when they made the playoff 
and they just couldn't get over the hump. Well, all of their seniors return. All of their starters along that offensive line return. And guys, newsflash to everybody. The Big Ten had better defenses than the SEC did. Outside of Georgia, the Big Ten was a defensive conference. And they showed you, Michigan showed you, when you have an offensive line and how you construct it and how you build it, how Brian Kelly showed you at Notre Dame. Guys, it was the re- it was the reason why he continued to make playoffs and deep runs of undefeated seasons and why he continued to get there was because he was able to push guys around and push people around up front. The concern that I have is what do you look like in the running game outside of Jaden Daniels, obviously you have a concern at running back, but from tackle to tackle, from bookend to bookend, you're going to have to tell me and show me a better unit than those five right there. I am looking into the future a little bit on one position. That is DJ Chester. I thought Will Campbell, stud. I actually thought Gary Dellinger had a really good year. Guys, when do you remember? Like, when do you, outside of Florida State, last year, when do you remember looking at Garrett Dellinger and saying to yourself, man, that dude just got destroyed? Maybe one, two times? Maybe? The argument that you had was Charles Turner at center. That's what most people thought was the weak link here. And I love a center that wears 79. Last time you had a center that wore 79 and a gunslinger at quarterback, you won a national title. Just throwing that out there. I love when a center wears number 79. I think it's the best position group in the entire SEC. Now, last year I made a bold prediction, okay, about this LSU team offensively. Me and Carter had this discussion all offseason last year. My argument to him was is that when you had that much production returning and knowing and hearing what I – and guys, please go back to a year ago and listen to what we said about this upcoming year's team. We had a lot of hope for this offense, a lot of hope for Jaden Daniels and what he was doing during the offseason. I am just as bullish on things that I said about this LSU offense last year than I am about this offensive line. I really do think you're going to push a lot of people around. Now, barring injury, okay, like it is a position group that, quite honestly, guys, stayed relatively healthy all throughout the year last year. And when Emory Jones did go down, you replaced it with a five-star and Zalance hurt. Well, the issue with that, though, that in the argument that I can make, I talk to people up at LSU Football Ops, and they think that Weston Davis might be the steal of, the, like, somebody that we talk about Weston Davis, but we don't talk about him enough about how good and athletic he is. I talked to somebody today who told, or not today, What's today? Wednesday? I talked to somebody on Monday at Football Ops who was telling me that they thought that Weston Davis may have a higher ceiling than some of the dudes that are starting on their offensive line right now. That's how high they are on him. 
Guys, again, that kid Weston Davis did a three did a 360 spin, one-handed dunk, 360, boom, and then stared somebody down. Guys, that's an O lineman. <laughs> Maybe that kid should play D line as athletic as he is. I do think that there's teams out there, Texas, Georgia, and Ole Miss. You don't play two of them in the regular season. We've seen this this unit. Well, actually, I mean, the argument that you can make, you know, Ole Miss is the only team that you play with the probably the best defensive lines in the conference. You know, I, I look at Ole Miss and say, well, they got the best defensive pass rusher or one of the best defensive pass rushers in the league last year from Florida. Well, he didn't have a sack last year. He actually didn't even have a pressure last year when he faced Will Campbell. You know, I, I look at Walter Nolan. Well, Walter Nolan was pretty much almost a non-factor to some extent in that game in the entire second half. Miles Frazier really shutting down Walter Nolan. Okay, well, so you got two guys that we've seen Walter Nolan be taken care of against this offensive line, and we saw the kid Prince who goes from Florida, had 10 sacks last year, go to Ole Miss, and you just look at yourself and you say, hey, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do anything against this LSU O-line last year, and every one of them is returning. It's a position group I'm really high on, and you know that I do not Talk about the O-line a lot. I do think people feel, or I feel like if I talk about the offensive line, people will say I'm biased to a position group. I am not. Another year under your belt, I, I really do think that you're going to start really just destroying dudes. Now, Texas and Georgia got studs, man. They got studs. I think as a unit, you're more athletic. Um, the interior would have to really show up against Georgia, but the tackles would destroy it. You would just have to run and keep on the outside. I'm getting too far in the weeds into the details on that. I would love to know what you guys think. What do you think about the offensive line? Tell us in the comments. What do you think about the O-line? Because the way that I see it, I just don't know if there's a better position group in the SEC. Brad Davis, Brian Kelly have destroyed that position group. Very bullish. Okay. Uh, Roderick says, Delhi balled out last year. Hell yeah, he balled out. Hell yeah, he balled out. Spectrum Wellcare said, Dellinger had a dominant, it was dominant last year. I Don't know what just happened. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. My screen went blank. I don't know if the power just flickered or or something. I have no idea what just happened. Um, What did he say? Oh, Spectrum Wellcare said Dellinger was dominant last year. Hell yeah, he was dominant. 
Shit, yeah, hell yeah, he was dominant. He had a great year. I thought Miles Frazier after Florida State and when Lance Hurd, dude, guys, nothing. We did not talk about this at all, at all last year. When when Emory Jones went down last year and got injured, I, I, memory serves me correctly, I think he had a high ankle sprain. And Hurd has to come in and play. I think it was against Mississippi State. And we started having the debate, hey, do you finally kick Emory Jones into guard and put Hurd at tackle? Miles Frazier said, hell no to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. His game went to another level. Competition will always do that. And I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know if you don't have that same type of scenario with Weston Davis. <laughs> like, I really just don't know if you're not in that same predicament when it comes to having that much talent. Hell, what does Tyree Adams do this year? Can we see Tyree Adams? Because everything what I've heard, Tyree Adams is had already a great offseason. I'm ready to see that big man. It's going to be a fun matchup. Now, you know what's interesting? Um, the last time I talked about this, uh, this the O-line this much was when we were in fall camp. And I remember because I was using this here, this year here, handy-dandy notebook. And if I go back enough, I would assume that I could find Okay, right here. Y'all can't see it. Maybe I can zoom in. This was on, this was in August. LSU scrimmage. Denver Harris returns. LSU goes into one-on-one offensive line periods. Tyree Adams beats Ovia Gofu. Will Campbell beats Ovia Gofu. Dellinger wins both reps against Mason Smith and Makai Wingo. Uh, Charles Turner goes one for one on Jordan Jefferson. For whatever reason, I don't have what uh, Frazier does. Oh, Frazier beat, here it is at the bottom. Frazier beats Guillory twice. Perkins gets beat twice by Emory Jones. Even in the preseason, we should have taken that as a red flag, myself included. I am guilty as sin for, with this. Guilty as sin. Um, We should have taken more into account when we came in here and talked about these practice and scrimmage reports that the offensive line was dominating our D-line. You don't need that to happen. You cannot have that happen this year. You need Ovia Gofu to come off the edge on Will Campbell and get a sack. Oh, well, we'll give up a sack. Okay. Okay. Braden Swenson. That's what's up. Oh, Will just got him back. He couldn't, you know, Will got pissed off and got him back. Okay. That's what you want to see. It's like the old argument with Jamar Chase and Derek Stingley. Oh, and Derek Stingley just caught a pick off of Joe Burrow on Jamar Chase. Oh, shit. All right. And that was before Joe Burrow was even Joe Burrow, but you kind of knew he was going to have that swagger with him. 
Then Jamar Chase runs a fade route, and Derek Stingley couldn't do shit. Couldn't touchdown. Cue the band. Joe Burrow said, anything you can do, I can do better, young freshman. Anything you can do, I can do better. All right. Uh, Dwayne D says, DJ Chester side eye emoji. Yeah. I think the kid can play. I am looking into the future on him. I think you get better center play. How does the snaps look? Uh, so on and so forth. Let me do this. Let's take a quick break. We're going to transition into some LSU baseball. Jay Johnson met with the media. We got to talk about that. And we'll finish with a LSU pregame report. Stay with us. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell me, your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Guys, let me tell you about our good friends over at Avid Inspection Specialist. Are you planning on purchasing a home or business? Then you need it inspected. AIS has you covered. Before you make that purchase, get it inspected and find the issues before you sign on that dotted line and before they become your problem. AIS also has you covered. If you just recently purchased a home with their 11th month new home warranty inspections before the builder says it's your problem and that new home warranty expires, get it inspected and let the builder pay for it. Do you need mold inspections, asbestos inspections, lead inspections, drone inspections? They do it all. Give them a call today at 225-717-5591. That's 225-717-5591 or go over to the website avidspecialist.com that's avidspecialist.com where peace of mind happens lhi number 11331 Rafino and joe show is brought to you by home field apparel which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there they have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from whether you're an illinois fan or a rutgers fan maybe you're an lsu fan like blake or maybe you're an alabama fan Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help 
root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O, Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Mississippi State just lost. Mississippi State just lost back-to-back midweek games against Austin P. Mississippi State just lost back-to-back midweek games against Austin P. They lost last night 3 to 2. Tonight they get absolutely upset by Austin P. 13 to 3. And you know what? You still you still got to worry about them cuz last year as an example, last year they still came back. What was it a uh, guys a 10 run deficit and beat LSU on on Sunday? Ask Mississippi State if midweek games matter. <laughs> oh, good heavens to Betsy. Speaking of, did y'all's grandmas used to say that? Good heavens to Betsy? What does that even mean? Like, what's up with Betsy and why is she in heaven? Paul Sub Martin says the Bulldogs get peed on. You should tweet that. It's pretty clever. It's pretty clever there, my man. All right, so Jay Johnson had a press conference today where he talked about the uh, upcoming series Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He made a massive announcement today, which I thought was the biggest thing in the entire press conference, is that Gage Jump will be starting tomorrow. Now, we saw Gage Jump in game one for the Tigers. He closed it out against VMI having a really strong, dominating closing performance by him in game one for the Tigers. Now we see him when he looks on the mound in a starting role. If what we anticipate is going to happen, happens. Meaning, I I think that what we're all anticipating here is that Gage Jump goes out here on Thursday and looks really stinking good. Then you get to a place where, hey, man, can Holman be your Friday night guy? Can Gage Jump be your Saturday guy? Can Hurd actually Hurd be your Sunday guy? And if that is the rotation, if that is the three that you have going into a weekend, Holman, Jump, Hurd, my goodness. Guys, it's a big opportunity here tomorrow to really see what you got, uh, what you have. And I think it's exactly what, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Jay someone hinted at this today in his press conference. 
it might be one of the bigger early season, like, must-watch games is on Thursday with Gage Jump. Because, yeah, you, look, is, is Thatcher Hurd going to get hit around again this year? Yep. 1,000%. It's going to happen. Is he going to have some really good performances too? Yep. 1,000% going to happen. You, pre- I feel pretty confident that you got your bona fide Friday night guy in Luke Holman. If you see tomorrow Gage Jump go out there three, maybe even four innings, hell, maybe they limit him to two. Coming off of the injury, maybe he's on a little bit of a pitch count, and regardless of what it looks like, I don't know what Jay's plan is here. But I think you're going to have to give him two innings, and you're going to have to show, hey, man, I, I, I do believe here, I do believe that we have a guy that can be in that rotation. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention Javen Coleman, who had a really good performance. And can he continue after coming back off of last season out of that Tommy John injury? Because he walked some dudes, but, I mean, he was pretty much around the zone. I know that he gave up those two two walks. But, guys, last year when he gave up walks, some of the pitches they were throwing, all of them being in the dirt, he really didn't have his – his stuff, he didn't have anything off-speed-wise, threw a lot of fastballs to just try to throw strikes. I mean, he was missing, but he wasn't missing really bad out of the zone. I I don't think that I, in the early part of the year, okay, nothing is as big to me than what Thursday night is, or Thursday during the day. Nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything that could happen. Well, let me not say that because it could happen. I don't think that there's anything I'm more interested in seeing engaged jump going tomorrow night. Now, it's not all that Jay, Jay Johnson talked about. He's also also was asked about Fidel Uola. Um I'm going to continue to butcher that name. Um, I hope I didn't. But Uola, he talked about him, and he talked about, you know, he thought it was funny that people in Louisiana always like, you know, he didn't know that they like mustaches this much. Um, And that he was going to be probably the first guy you see out of the pen a lot of times in these big SEC performances. Guys, he was the last guy that you saw that Jay wanted to, you know, get that win versus Central Arkansas. Jay was not playing around. He went to his dude that you're going to see a lot this year in Fidel. Um, he did talk about, he was asked about Paxton Kling, said, look, we gave him a day off. He's Guys, I need him out there. He's going to be out there. He's going to be our starting center fielder. I'm just giving another lineup, another look. I'm giving another guy a, a, a look here. He's Paxton Kling's going to start on Thursday per Jay. I continue to think he's going to be at bare minimum early in the year. He's going to see a lot. He's going to start a lot. He's going to get be in this rotation. Jay might just be petty enough not to take him out again because how much he loves Paxton. Uh, did talk about Stephen Milan and Jake Brown, and I think that's why you did see Paxton Kling out. He wanted to get uh, Jake Brown some more at bats and see how it happens because Kling did not come in it at all. He let he let Brown go in there and, and try to get get the deal done. Um. I do wonder 
you know, what do you start doing with the infield? Or are you pretty set there? I, I think Steven Milam is, is going to play second and probably going to start at second. I, I don't know how you take him out of the lineup right now uh, in this early part of the season. Now, I do think that it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see him get into the early part of SEC play. He is a freshman. Okay. And as the season progresses, I would just be interested to see how that moves on and uh, progresses. Jay talked about today, too, that he is going to continue to rotate these catchers and all three of them are going to play clearly. And uh, he talked about the injuries. Look, all three of them have been injured. We got to keep them healthy. We're going to rotate them in very frequently. So, meaning, guys, Alex Malazzo might not start, and I think he will, but he might not start another three games the entire year, okay? But he is going to play arguably and probably in every game. He's going to be in the late-inning guy, defensive guy, may get in that bat in a close game. That is about it. Hayden's going to be is going to be at your DH. That's pretty locked in. So you have your infield pretty much locked in. Just goes to see what you're going to do and how you're going to shake out in the outfield. Uh, there, pretty much, I guess we're talking about right and center. You know, does Brown stay there? Uh, how does that progress? Uh, looking forward to this weekend. I I, I know that is is um, for sure. Got Northern Illinois. Got Stony Brook, and you, I don't want to call them tune-up games because anything can happen in baseball. Guys, you could lose one this weekend. I, I mean, you're seeing teams all around the country lose one. So, I don't want that to happen here. I, I will be ex- – you know what else I'm excited to see? How – you know, do they get a little bit better at the plate? Can How does this – how do they come out of this weekend – or how do they come into this weekend after having a couple of days off and regrouping after the first week? So it's it, it's it's going to be – I love the early part of the year because, guys, what you're seeing right now is not what's going to be at the end of the year. It, it, it just won't. The lineups won't be the same. Probably the position groups won't be the same. The rotation's not going to be the same. Hell, in the beginning of the year last year, we didn't see Ty Floyd start a game until, like – the, the week before conference play? Wasn't it? I think it was the week or two before conference play where Floyd got his first star. <laughs> so you could even get right there midway through the year and, and, and still figuring out what it is that you're doing. So uh, looking forward to that. Scott uh, Scott on Facebook says, interested, interested to see if Jay rolls out the same catcher's-pitcher combo as last weekend. Three starting catchers who handles the bat well, each throw out a runner attempting to steal. I think it's just going to do what we just said, uh, uh, Scott. I, I think Neil's going to start. Uh, Travinsky's going to DH, and they and and they may flip flop. You know, Travinsky may catch uh, on a Saturday, and Neil may DH. They may flip flop it. One thing that I am pretty confident in is that Malazzo and Neil are going to be rotating in. To some capacity. I, I think that's your argument right now with that. I think Jay wants to play him. I, I think he's too good of a defensive guy to not to play. And injuries are a thing. And just wear and tear on the body. I mean, hell, 
Brady Neal got you know got a hurt hand or hurt his hand off of a foul ball. Because God forbid that ball is is two inches, you know, closer to him, and he hits and breaks and busts his knuckles wide open on his throwing hand. Hell, what if he breaks his hand, his throwing hand? So yeah, who knows? David says Kling needs to hit three hundred plus. Braswell needs to hit 300-plus also. I don't know if you get there. I don't know if you get there. I mean, at shortstop last year, you did not – your shortstop clearly did not hit above 300. And Kling – I mean, Sitterfield clearly did. Um, and Cruz. But, I mean, Pearson didn't. Pearson hit 229 last year. Um, Travinsky hit 300, though. Travinsky did, though. I mean, not Travinsky. Joe Bear. Joe Bear did, though. So, yeah. All right. It's 8 o'clock. Um, let's go the Fighting McMahons. Let's go LSU. Let's go get this victory versus Kentucky. Guard play is going to be a big deal. Let's hope we get the win. We'll see you all tomorrow, man. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.